Welcome to the other side of the studio. Join us for authentic stories, expert insights, and a fresh perspective on wellness to guide you through the nuances of life's transitions, reminding you that every shift, every change is an opportunity for growth. Rooted in the timeless teachings of Pilates, we journey through the seven pillars of a well-balanced life. Spiritual, emotional, physical, sleep, health, nutrition, relationships, and financial balance. Are you ready to embrace transitions and live a conscious, strong life? Hosted by speaker, author, retreat guide, and founder of Conscious Strong, Lauren McLaughlin. Dr. Jeffrey Gladden, I am so grateful to have you here. I have to tell you, I've been looking forward to this day for a very long time. We had a conversation. Yeah, no, I have really been looking forward to this. So I just want to welcome you, Dr. Jeffrey Gladden, to the other side of the studio where we talk about all things related to health and well-being outside of the studio, outside of that doctor's office, how we can become our own medicine. And that leads to longevity, right? It's a step. It's definitely a step. You have so much that you, in your story, it's just packed. Um, You're a cardiologist, correct? And you have founded the Longevity Institute, the Gladden Longevity Institute in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. So maybe I can, maybe I can interject myself here for a minute if you'd like, uh, I think the audience might like to know kind of how I made a transition from practicing interventional cardiology into leaving that for longevity medicine, right? I mean, that's a perfect, that's a jump that not everybody takes. <laughs> and so you're right. I, I ended up practicing interventional cardiology for 25 years in Dallas, uh, Texas, actually. <clears throat> and uh, I did my training across the country at Temple and Case Western and the University of Colorado. Um, but I, I went down there in 88 and I ended up doing a lot of things. I loved interventional cardiology, right? I, I ended up building my own heart group. I had 10 offices. I had 12 doctors. We flew around in a little A36 Bonanza to outlying areas in Southeast Oklahoma and East Texas. I started cath labs. I got involved with medical device companies, started heart attack programs for rural hospitals. I had a real sort of passion, if you will, to bring high quality care to people that otherwise didn't have ready access to it. And so I loved doing all that. And then it ended up with me co-founding up what's become a very prominent heart hospital in the north suburb of, of Dallas in Plano, Texas. It's the heart hospital, Baylor Plano, now Baylor Scott and White. Um, and, and that was a great, great project too. And then on Medical device companies, I still sit on the board of a couple of those at this point in time. So, but what happened was, you know, everything's going along, but then I got to the point where I was really getting sick. I was tired all the time, no matter if I got a good night's rest or not. I was putting on weight. I was feeling sluggish. Um, When I would come under stress, I would feel myself go over a cliff into depression. And it wasn't like, well, I'll go for a run. I'll talk myself out of this. I'll listen to some music and I'll be okay. It was just like, I want out. You know, it was like really deep, dark depression. And so <clears throat> my father also eventually died with, with dementia and I was developing brain fog. And so <clears throat> this was like a real stunning thing, right? I'm in my early fifties at this point in time. And I'd always been athletic. I'd done a lot of things, snowboarding, mountain biking, running, played soccer in college and basketball and things like that. So I love all that kind of stuff. And I was feeling like I wasn't going to be able to keep up with my kids either. 
So I went in and I got tested and I was told, you know, three things. One, everything checks out for your age. Everything's normal for your age. Number two, you're just getting older. And number three, why don't you take an antidepressant? Right? It was, yeah. it was the most existential moment of my life, right? Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, it's right. all over, right? I've, I've reached the zenith. It's all downhill from here. And mm -hmm. I couldn't make peace with that. I, I refused to make peace with that. And so that's the point at which I, you know, threw myself into age management medicine, which at that point in time was, there was starting to be some early buzz about that functional medicine, integrative medicine. I went out and got some certifications and did tons of coursework. And really two and a half years later, I'd, I'd cracked the code on every single problem that I had. And, you know, I, I lost 20 pounds of fat, put on 10 pounds of muscle, weighed what I did in college. When I would come under stress, I wouldn't get depressed. And, you know, I had all kinds of energy and, and it was because I had subclinical hypothyroidism, right? My, my thyroid Numbers all look good in the blood, but when we measured with biometric testing, a special kind of testing that looks at what's the thyroid activity level, if you will, in your cells, it showed that I was really quite depleted. And on top of that, genetically, I don't convert inactive thyroid to active thyroid in my brain very efficiently. So that was part of the brain fog too. And then I don't create neurotransmitters genetically in my brain very efficiently either. So once I kind of got on the right supplements, the right combination of active T3 and inactive T4 thyroid, got hormonal replacement, testosterone was low, DHEA was low. All of a sudden it was like, wow, I'm really back. I mean, I feel great. Like, I don't think the kids are going to be able to keep up with me anymore. And, and that was such a stunning feeling that I started to ask this question, Jesus, if I can feel this good, I wonder how good I can be. Right. I wonder how good I can be. Love it. And that was a big, big moment for me. Right. I switched from, it was like, I can no longer do this sick care that I've been doing. We don't have a healthcare system. We have a sick care system. As you well know, we have sick mm -hmm. insurance. And I said, I'm done. I, I can't, I literally can't do this anymore. I want to go pursue this new avenue of creating health and longevity uh, and youthfulness ultimately for, for everybody. So that's, that's kind of how that came about. Wonderful story. Thank you so much for sharing that and how you got to where you are today. So this is a perfect opportunity to share a conversation I had at a class last night. And most of the clients in this particular class are, I would say, late 60s to early 70s or even some that are a little bit older. And so I started sharing about our discussion today. Very intrigued. They all wanted to know and one in particular said that he said, I told him the 100 is a new 30. And he said, oh, my gosh, then I may outlive my financial resources. So I know that that is a whole separate topic, but it is a concern that we are mm -hmm. living older. We're living there, you know, far more centenarians now, obviously, than than in times before. So it is a whole nother piece of it. But another client, and I wish I'm going to pull my phone up and just be a little bit because I pulled up all the articles. I'm, and... I'm, I'm happy to jump in on that first comment. Please if you'd do. Like. I just published a book. It came out in the first part of September. I think it was late August, early September. It's available on Amazon if you want to check it out. The hardback edition takes a little while to get delivered, but the paperbacks are available uh, pretty readily. And the title is 100 is a New 30. And the subtitle is How Playing the Symphony of Longevity 
will enable us to live young for a lifetime. So in my, in my journey into optimizing health, which is how it started, and then the concept of longevity, of course, comes along, I started to realize that longevity itself is kind of an abstraction, right? If you look up what does longevity mean in the dictionary, it means long-lived or to be around for a long time, right? And yet, when you think about longevity, when you see pictures of people that are 100 or 110 or 120, I look at that and I'm like, you know, that's not exactly what I'm going for, right? So it's not about, it's not about aging and being 100. It's about staying young, right? Mm -hmm. What do we value about ourselves, right? We value our youth. We value how we look. We value how we think. We value how we, what we can do, how we perform. That's what we really value about ourselves, right? We value our wisdom. We value our relationships and spiritual connection, but and those all come along for the, and I'll, I'll integrate that for you here in a minute. But the point is that it's really, for me, it became more about living young, right? If I die tomorrow, I'm okay with that. I don't have a fear of death. That's not the issue. But what I fear is decline. And I think everybody fears that. So I want to live young. So when you, when you flip the equation and just stop thinking about longevity and start thinking about living young today, if you want to be 30 when you're 100, right? You're going to function like a 30-year-old when you're 100 physically, right? Then you need to be functioning like a 30-year-old today because it's not going to happen in the future if it's not happening now. So one of the big, one of the biggest messages I can leave with the audience today, and I'll give it to you right this second, is that it's so important to go back in time and think about the age that you would like to be for the rest of your life. So for me, I pick currently 27. And the reason I pick 27 is because I'm going to have a birthday next year. It'll be the start of a new decade. And I'll do that, 27 for that decade. I'll do 28 for the next decade and 29 for the next decade. And 100, I'll be 30. So that being said, the power of this is that I wake up 27 every day, right? I wake up 27 every day. And... I have to tell you that if I wake up and I don't feel 27, right, I actually am now motivated because I'm basically making the claim that I am 27 and I'm asking the question, how do I live young for a lifetime? It's like, how do I get back to feeling 27 again? Mm -hmm. Because in the aging process, what happens to people is that they start to acquiesce to it, right? They're already being coached by their doctors, their community, their families, the government, you know, their businesses to, that they're getting older and they're, and they're stepping aside, stepping down, stepping, they're already being coached. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> when you, when you reject that and you say, no, no, I'm going to live young for a lifetime, this will be the biggest thing that you can actually change about your thought process. So when you, when you wake up 27, you don't feel 27. It's like, I'm going to get back to 27. Then you find ways to get back to 27 and then you live 27. Mm -hmm. Now to answer your question, what about finances? Well, if you're 27, why are you retiring, right? Why, why not start a new business? Why not, do, why not do new things? Why not create new income? And, and really, for me, the ideal is to, when we really get this right, and I'll talk this through, is to really have a 30-year-old body and a 300-year-old mind. 
right? Where we garner all the wisdom, all the spiritual connection, all of the insights, all the relationships, right? All the good things that we can do. Now you have a 300-year-old mind and a 30-year-old body. What kind of opportunities does that create for you, right? They're limitless, completely limitless. And your ability to have impact is completely limitless. So if you, if you start with saying, I'm going to be, pick an age, I'm going to live that age for the rest of my life, then the finances come along because you're creating all the things that go along with that age. So, Absolutely love it. And as you were speaking, so Pilates is my background and my favorite quote from okay. Joseph Pilates. It is. It's my favorite. And I probably at least cite it once a week is that if you are flexible and let's see, he would say if you're 30 and inflexible, you're old. If you are, right. he said 70. Now, this is back in the 30s. I bump it to 90, but let's put it at 100. So let's say if you're 100 and you have a flexible spine, you're young. Mm -hmm. The age doesn't matter. But that was actually his quote. And I cite it because the more we can move our body, the more that we can, you know, be agile and be able to function, then we are going to actually live a lot longer. So just a little bit of adding into what you're saying. Totally love that. Absolutely. So there you go, client, if you hear that, because he was very much looking forward to hearing this episode. Another thing that came up was just all, all the articles. There was one in the, research, in the Wall Street Journal that was about, you know, turning centenarian and what does that look like? And that article was really suggesting that it is mainly genetics. So genetics plays the main role. It doesn't matter about the external factors, especially when you reach 90. I was just curious your thoughts on that and how you feel genetics plays a role because there are many of us, I feel like we can change. And even though we have, you know, my mother has dementia and my grandmothers, both of them had dementia. And there is that sometimes you just say, well, you just have to accept you're going to have dementia just as runs in the genes. I personally feel like we can change that and we can do that by doing some of these external factors, meaning your diet and what you how you exercise and where you find yourself in terms of air pollution and other, you know, toxins that are out there. What's your take on that? Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting and great question. So we've been in the thick of this for over a decade. You know, genetics probably accounts for 15 to 20% of longevity is the way we, we look at it. And I think a lot of people now understand, and if you don't, this is an important concept to, to understand, is that genes are not really a blueprint. They're not really your destiny. Your genes are not your destiny. Just because your parents had this or that or the other thing doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have them. Although you really should have, you know, your genes tested so you know what cards you're holding, so you know how to play your hand, so to speak. But that being said, genes do play a role. They have to be acknowledged and they have to be taken care of appropriately. But I think that, you know, genes really are not just a blueprint, but they're a set of, of possibilities, a set of proclivities, if you will. And the environment in which those genes reside have a tremendous impact on the expression of those genes, right? So to your point, lifestyle, exercise, sleep, uh, meditation, you know, all the things that we can do to create a good environment, clean air, clean water, nutrient-dense food, all the things that we know to be important, that's all critical to optimizing genetic expression. Now, I will tell you that 
What we've come to discover, however, is that it's not enough. So everybody that ate well, exercised, did Pilates, ate organic nutrient-dense food, slept, meditated, they still, they still didn't crack the hay flick limit, right? They still didn't get past 120. They still didn't look like they were 30 when they were 100. Mm -hmm. And so all of that is absolutely necessary, but it's not a sufficient answer. And the reason is, is that there are mechanisms inside the body that are directly causing the aging process and are phenotypic expressions or actually physical expressions of the aging process. So in 2013, there was a paper published called The Hallmarks of Aging. There were nine hallmarks that were listed. Shortened telomeres, increased senescent cells, increased inflammation, dysregulated nutrient sensing, on and on, nine different things. All of these are critical factors. In 2022, in March, there were another five that were added. In November of last year, there was a sixth, another one that was added. And in July of this year, there was another one that was added, right? So now we're up to 16 hallmarks of aging. So when you think about it, these mechanisms are happening inside the body, and they can be impacted by all the lifestyle choices we talked about, taking the right supplements, eating the right food, etc. But they are not completely interrupted by those activities. They are not completely interrupted. And the problem with aging is that it's not linear. It's actually exponential. For example, people age so much more between, say, 63 and 78 than they do between 30 and 40 or 40 and 50. It's dramatic. And the data from Stanford shows just how dramatic it is. And part of the problem that people have in thinking about their own aging is they don't understand that they're playing an exponential game. It's an exponential game that you're playing because you're playing against a game where exponential decline is, is going to happen, right? Like even my mom's case, right? At 88, she was out driving around doing all kinds of stuff. At 92, the wheels had come off, right? And she, she passed away in four short years at 93. So it's, it's just dramatic. And so the problem is that when we think about, if I were to ask you, for example, what are you going to be like, or anybody in the audience for that matter, what are you going to be like mm -hmm. 10 years from now? What are you going to be like 15 years from now? Mm -hmm. Right? What are you going to be like? It's almost impossible to imagine you're going to be any different than you are right now. Right? It's right. like, it's almost impossible for us to imagine, right? So we're, we're caught in an exponential game. We see it all around it. We've seen it in our parents and our grandparents and things like that. And yet we, we can't relate to it. We live like, well, it's not going to happen to us. Or maybe it's going to happen to me, but I don't feel it, right? I can't mm -hmm. sense it. And mm -hmm. so we're playing, we end up with a linear strategy of what I call get healthy. We're going to eat better, exercise, do all these things, which are absolutely critical, mandatory, have to be done, but it's not enough, right? Mm -hmm. And so... Ultimately, I think we need to have an exponential strategy to an exponential problem. Mm -hmm. And that's what the book is about. Love it. That's the playing the symphony of longevity. And so if you're, if you're listening to this and you're really interested to see how that exponential strategy plays out, the book is, a, I think it's a great book. Everybody that reads it really loves it. It's been an Amazon number one bestseller and some other things. So I think you'll find it really intriguing. Fantastic book. And it's just so spot on because... 
you know, I teach, you know, it's, we are very fluid. We are very fluid as human beings. We are not meant to be, you know, in a box. And so I think we do get confused with this linear approach. Listen to what, you know, the, the next fad is or this, that and people don't have this ability to be able to find their own dance with life is how I mm -hmm. refer to I it is that, that. Mm -hmm. we get very boxed into a certain set of ways. Mm -hmm. And as yeah. I share with clients, too, this is, you know, you're, you're on the pathway to a very slow death. Versus it being this very fluid dance with life, and that is what I'm hearing and what you were just sharing with us, and in, and in what you share in your book, because it is really creating change in your life, which we know change. It's not easy for many people, but change actually, from my perspective, and of course other sightings that have been shared, that it is very, very beneficial for our brain, our brain health, and how it is going to help you adapt to the landscape around you versus it being trying to, you know, you know hide from it or to deny that you don't have this exchange with your, your surroundings. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I love your concept of this fluidity in the dance of life or the dance with life. I think both terms are really important, fluidity and dancing, because it's our ability to adapt. It's our ability to expand that creates our ability to live to our fullest potential. So in the book, I outlined four areas uh, that have to be addressed in order to have an exponential response to an exponential problem. And there are four circles, essentially. The first circle is the life energy circle. The second circle is the true longevity circle. The next one is the health circle. And the next one is a performance circle, right? Performance in terms of physical performance, mental performance. Mm -hmm. And what I find is that those circles, if you're just focused on getting healthy, it's part of the response, but it doesn't really impact the whole thing, right? And the other thing that I found is that that longevity circle is basically where all those hallmarks of aging reside. And we've developed in our practice, we've developed testing to be able to actually test into those hallmarks to see where somebody is in the aging process, right? Well, where are you, right? I mean, if you're going to win this game, you got to know where you are. You got to know what cards you're holding, and then you got to know where you are in, in, the, in the process, right? So that's what we do. We we break people down into a full mosaic of ages, if you will. What's your brain age, your heart age, your telomeric age? What's your senescent cell burden? What are your stem cells doing? How much inflammation do you have? What do your mitochondria look like? If you don't, if you don't know where you stand in the game, you can't possibly win. Mm -hmm. but, if you, but if you meticulously take it apart and see where you stand and know what cards you're playing, all of a sudden the strategies become not only elegant, but incredibly effective. And that's, that's kind of what we do on that. But I, the, the thing about that is, as good as all that is from a, we'll call it a biochemical perspective, right? Uh, you know, optimizing genetic expression and lots of other things that we do, that life energy circle is really kind of like in the Lord of the Rings, it's the ring that binds them all. Mm -hmm. Because we find that, you know, you can throw all the biochemistry in the world at somebody, but if they're self-sabotaging, if they're living with extreme stress and anxiety, if they don't feel safe, their relationships are poor, if they don't have self-love, right? If they're not spiritually connected, if they're not, you know, 
basically living with a sense of purpose and things like that, then all the rest of it sort of falls apart. Mm -hmm. So we, we spend a lot of time actually focusing on what I call the life energy circle, which is really kind of in the psycho-spiritual space, if you will. But it's absolutely critical to understand how, how important it is and then also how healing things in that area enable you to heal things physically, right? And I'm sure you've seen this in your own practice. Mm -hmm. My take on psychology, here's my 30-second my view of psychology. And I love psychology, right? So is that basically we, none, of us, none of us came up in an atraumatic fashion, right? Nobody got all the love that they needed. Everybody had traumas. We all had whatever the insults were, parental, could be peers, could be friends at school, could be whatever. And so then we end up living in reaction to those traumas, right? We, we end up living in reaction to them. And then we create stories about those traumas and how we're living in reaction to them. And out of those stories, we then create an identity. And so now we start to identify ourselves as, well, I'm this or I'm that, or I couldn't do this because of that, or this happened to me, so I'm not going to do that, right? And so we start to really put ourselves into this box, completely the opposite of your expanding into the fluidity of dancing with life, right? Mm -hmm. And so we actually put ourselves in the box. And so a big part of solving this is really to go in and actually deeply understand, okay, what were the traumas and how did I have how did it impact me, right? You have to have understanding. Then you have to go through a phase of healing. I can heal the trauma, okay, to where I'm not impacted by it. And then the next step, the critical step, is to transcend it. When you actually transcend what happened, all of a sudden you realize that everything that ever happened was there for your benefit. Mm -hmm. You become grateful for every person, everything, everything that you thought was a trauma actually helped to shape you, have more wisdom, more insight, more empathy, more love. And when you start to live from that space, right, from that transcendent space, now you're actually able to be fluid and dance with life. And this has such a massive impact on your cellular health, the rate at which you age and your ability to heal. So... That's my, that's why I guess I went over 30 seconds, but that's my, yeah. my quick take. No, you're speaking my language. It just gave me goosebumps. So I got the chills because it's exactly what we teach here at Conscious Strong is, you know, the cool. foundation of health is spiritual, emotional. Then you introduce the physical. And I just find that, you know, many get it so wrong. They go direct to you. I just want to move my body. And I'm talking, of course, from my mm. field of being in the movement space. But I would often just see clients go so wrong and I would say, no, 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 you're not ready to move yet because it takes mm -hmm. exactly what you're saying. We must tap into our emotional side. We must make friends with our traumas. We've all had trauma, every single one of us. That's the human yep. experience. It might have been stumping your toe. It could have been childbirth. It's a beautiful sure. experience, but it's traumatic. Um, and yeah. so what I have found is that so many want to avoid looking at their traumas or looking at pain. I was just saying yesterday, the only way to move physical or emotional pain out of you is to make friends with it, have a conversation mm -hmm. with it, do a little dance with it, because otherwise it's going to remain in your body. There's many studies that, that, that show that, that trauma is stored yeah, the in the body. body. The body doesn't forget, right? The body doesn't forget. So It doesn't forget. It doesn't forget. 
So mm-hmm. can you take me through a process? Because I cannot wait to get to Dallas. I cannot wait to experience the Gladden Longevity Institute. What would that experience look like in coming in? So you can take me as the, as the case study here. I am in my mid-50s. Sure. I have hit okay. menopause. I am experiencing okay. things that I thought I would be able to avoid, mm-hmm. meaning sensations, physical, arthritis, maybe that little foggy-headed experiencing a little bit of stress. So if someone like me walks into your into the Gladden Longevity mm-hmm. Institute, what would that look like? Yeah. So that's a great question. And the way that it works is that we would sit down with you ahead of time and have a conversation. And you know, in our practice, we're we're motivated by four questions. One is how good can you be? I mentioned that earlier in the podcast. When I started to ask that question, I wonder how good I can be. So there are four questions. One is, how good can you be? One is, how do I live well beyond 120? One is, how do I make 100 to new 30? And the last one is, how do I live young for a lifetime? Mm -hmm. So when you come to see us and you have this conversation, we're going to have those four questions front and center in our mind. We'll share them with you. And we're going to basically be asking for you to tell us what what are the questions that you're asking as you're coming to see us? So maybe it's about menopause and hormonal health and a family history of dementia and some brain fog and things like that. We want to know what questions you're asking, right? Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, we're going to superimpose our wisdom around the four questions. And we're also going to superimpose our wisdom around this. And that is that when you think about medicine, people talk about, you know, sick care medicine. I was trained as a cardiologist, right? So it's symptom-driven medicine, right? That's the upper layer. That's the, that's the crust, we'll say. Below that is functional medicine, integrative medicine. We're now going to get to the root cause. But, and that's great and that's wonderful too. But solutions that come out of a symptom-driven approach are very short-lived. Solutions that come out of a functional medicine approach are more longer-lived. But below symptom-driven and functional medicine approaches is longevity medicine. And longevity medicine is focused on the actual drivers of aging. It's the river, if you will, that you're, that you're floating in that's accelerating towards Niagara Falls and it's increasing its rate of flow, right? That's the mm-hmm. river of aging. And so when we meet with you, we're going to want to know what questions you're asking, but we're also going to want to know where you are in that river. Where are you in the aging process? And we're going to want to measure a mosaic of ages for you to see where you are. We're going to want to know what genetics you have so we know what cards you're holding. And once we understand where you are in the aging process, what's your brain age, what's your heart age, what's your lung age, et cetera, all these bone age, et cetera, right? All the things. Mm -hmm. And then where are you with regards to your telomere lengths and your senescent cell burden and things like that? And then we know what genes, what cards you're actually holding. Then we actually come at the process of, okay, you went through menopause. Now, based on everything that we understand about where you are, this is going to be the most elegant approach to not only taking care of your symptoms, but taking care of the root causes and helping you to slow down and reverse the aging process, the river that you're floating downstream in, right? That's our approach. And so that, that all happens in a conversation. And from that conversation, we then build out a program for you. And each program is fit to the individual, right? We have the, the concepts remain the same, but the details of the program are different depending on the individual, right? Mm-hmm. And then we, you would come to Dallas. We need to have you come to Dallas to establish a physician-patient relationship, medical legally. We have, to, we have to do that. And then from there, you'll be in Dallas for two to three days, getting lots of testing done, depending on 
the questions again that you're asking. And then we'll have some results for you on day two from day one or day three from day one and two. I will get you going on some things and we'd like you to come back in about six or eight weeks when we have all the data back so we can then put it all on the table and say, okay, here are the cards you're holding. Here's where you are in the aging process. Here's what we're finding about the issues that are our chief complaints for you. And we put that all together then into a program of here's how we're going to approach this. So we're going to start with this and we're going to I implement this, this, and this. And it's going to include all the basic things, you know, what you eat, how you sleep, all your exercise. But it's going to go way beyond that because now we're going to be addressing things like gene expression and hormone levels and other things, right? So we're, we're really trying to make you stronger than you've ever been, right? Make your brain sharper than it's ever been, not just kind of get you back to kind of where you were. Our goal is to actually optimize everything. And so then, then you start down a path of implementing that stuff. And then three, four months later, <clears throat> we'll have you come back and do some follow-up testing. We'll adjust the program based on your progress. And then we kind of go forward like that. So that's really the process. We work with a lot of people for a year at a time. And then some people just come in and say, hey, can you fix my knee? Sure. So then we'll work with them for three months. But we take this same approach. What caused the knee to be a problem in the first place, right? And mm -hmm. we try to take this bigger approach so that people are getting kind of durable responses to the question they're asking. But we're also teeing them up to be able to live young for a lifetime. That is fantastic. And, you know, just again, from the conversation I had at the round table, I'm calling it from last night, is that exactly what mm -hmm. you said earlier is that it's not about the age. And everyone agreed that it's about living well, is about optimizing life. That's right. So th right. So that you can get through, you know, several in the group had knee replacements. One, she's maybe near 60 and already had both knees replaced but she's mm -hmm. functioning far better than she was even before that. So, you know, I think right. a lot a lot of people, and I hear this often too, is just acceptance. Acceptance that, well, I've reached menopause and, oh, I'm just considered now old. So this just comes with the territory. And I'm hearing you say it. I clearly say it on a daily basis is that that is not true. That is not true. We have the ability to make changes. And so much of it starts in the mind. It's the mindset 100%. and how you're, mm -hmm, and how you're approaching it. So, oh, Dr. Gladden, I cannot wait to get to Dallas. I look forward yeah, to being be there in person. Absolutely. And are there any lasting words? I know everybody, all the listeners, you definitely want to get the book. 100 is the new 30. It's on Amazon. We have it in the link. We have it in mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on Amazon. Uh, you can look that up. It's an easy title now to remember because I think that we all would like to reach 100 without going broke. But as you heard, Dr. Gladden, and as I shared last night, it was like, well, maybe you go get a job. And it was like, oh, yeah. okay, well, maybe I could go do that. Right. So yeah. we're never too old. We're never too old. I think that's right. And I think, you know, to the group <clears throat> last night, um, you can see that if they just flipped the whole switch into, no, I'm going to live young for the rest of my life, how that would change their conversation. It's like, it's not that I have menopause and I'm old. Okay, I'm, I'm 27, I'm 30, I'm 34, whatever, whatever age they pick, and I'm going through this, how do I actually get back to 34? You see, it's a completely different question that they're asking. And in life, you only get the answers to the questions that you're asking. 
So if you're asking, how do I make peace with this? How do I get along with this? How do I have enough money to live and go into a retirement center? Those are the answers you're going to get. But if you're asking the question, how do I maintain my youthfulness for the duration? Those are the answers you're going to get. So absolutely critical to frame up the questions that you're asking. That will drive everything for you, quite honestly. So, yeah. And if people are, yeah, if people are interested you know, we have a podcast, the Glad and Longevity podcast. We have over 200 episodes out. And we, we go into deep detail on lots of topics and lots of technologies and lots of things related to this whole area, both health, performance, longevity itself, and then the life energy circle. All those circles are addressed inside the podcast. The book does a really nice job of really creating a framework <clears throat> for you to think about longevity. To your point earlier, there are a lot of shiny objects in longevity. Well, this just came out. Well, everybody's got to take this. Everybody needs this diet. Everybody has to do this. Everybody has to do that. What we found is it's not true, right? It's really about what's right for you. And unless you know the cards you're holding and where you are in the aging process and what you're trying to accomplish, you know, every shiny object seems like the right answer until you try it and you realize, well, maybe it's not. So this, you know, getting clarity on that's really important. So the book is a great source. We also have a longevity supplement shop for people that are looking for bundles of things that we found to be particularly helpful for different categories of issues, if you will. So that's available also. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to reach out and look at becoming a client, if you'd like to come see us, <clears throat> realizing that you would need to come to Dallas and that sort of thing, then you can reach out via the website, gladandlongevity.com, and we'll be happy to get back to you and set up a call to give you some information about the practice. But then that's just a reasonably short call. And then you'll talk directly to me once I have some basic information about you and we can build out a program for you. So beautiful, beautiful. So revolutionizing healthcare here, really revolutionizing it. And I am just so grateful. And as you know, you share Dr. Gladden, it truly starts with each of you as an individual. Each and every one of us has a purpose in life. And when you really make friends with your purpose, you understand your purpose and you, you make friends with that spiritual side of yourself and not anything else outside, those shiny objects are doing nothing until you really adapt to your, your source and who you are and your purpose, because that, in my view, is the key to longevity as well. So I'm hearing you say Absolutely. that, but it's, it's the doorway. So, Dr. Mm -hmm. Gladden, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. I'm honored to have you, and oh, I pleasure. just encourage everyone to read the listener notes here because we do have all of the links to the book. We have the links to the podcast, excellent podcast. So if you are wanting to be, you know, 100 but feel 30, check out Dr. Gladden, the Gladden Longevity Institute, where he is revolutionizing healthcare. And it's needed. It is needed. So thank you so Thanks, much, Lauren. listeners. Such a pleasure. Thank you, Dr. Gladden. So grateful.